Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Great People Show. I am your host, J.J. White. And in The Great People Studio, we have with us back in live living color, guest co-host, Yetta. Welcome back, Yetta. What's going on, J.J.? What's up? It's so good to see you. Good to it's see been you. about five months since you were here. Yeah. Time flies. Yeah. We had a great show back then. So I'm excited to have you back in the show. James just couldn't be with us. He had some some work things to take care of. So we're just thankful to have you here. And uh, we're going to have a good time today. I know. I'm excited. Um, whether you're listening to us live radio at 97.7 FM in Richmond, Facebook Live at facebook.com slash great people show or via our podcast. Thank you for being here. And allowing us to be part of your journey to be the truest version of yourself. Today, we are talking about surrender. Yetta brought her library of surrender books with us. I didn't even know there were books on that. So I'm excited because I love books. And uh, we're going to talk about surrender and what it really means. And more importantly, why you should be practicing it daily. Maybe minute by minute, actually. It's in our nature to control. It's a part of protecting ourselves and the people around us. And I have found in my observations, the opposite usually results. We hold on to many of the wrong things and it does even more damage to us and our souls. In fact, when we went to Facebook uh, Monday night with why is it so hard to let go, the only really things I kept hearing were, wow, that's damaging. Like that's just damaging to our soul. So we're very limited in what we can do and who we can become if we're going to uh, if we're just going to do life all by ourselves. And the world the word surrender is synonymous with quitting or giving up and we are told at an early age that we just can't do that. We should never give up and we should never quit. So kind of in a way we're we're told at an early age we we should not surrender. So if you feel you have one uh so if you feel you have no one or nothing you can trust to surrender to, I get it. If it is to be it is up to me is how most of the world is designed. So the questions we're going to answering on today's show is what does surrender really mean? Why is it so hard to let go of things, people, problems, bad situations? And what exactly are we surrendering to? And the question we always answer on this show is what does this have to do with becoming great in this world? So why is it so hard to surrender, Yetta? Well, you know, the answer that I put on Facebook on your, your thread, and this is what I believe is because we fear the unknown. Mm. People do not surrender because they then would would be giving in to something greater than themselves or possibly beyond themselves. Yeah. And yeah. Then they, if, if we don't know what that is, that can put a lot of fear in us. I kept seeing that too. Yeah. The comfort zone, the, this the security that most people would rather just stick with their substandard or bad circumstances and try to control it rather than trying to let go of these things to, in many cases in their own mind, starting over or trying to do uh, something different that they don't think they can do. It's such a self-limiting belief. Let's use that word at least 50 times on today's show. Self-limiting? Because I got that from you. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Self-limiting belief. I was going to use dumpster fire. I'm with... See, that's my word. <laughs> I know. So I'll use your word and you can use my word. We'll practice it through the whole show to see how many times we can weave it in organically. Dumpster fire is one of the best <laughs> phrases of the 21st century. There's no doubt you about it. You love that word. I love the word dumpster fire. And yeah. it's unfortunate because I don't want to have to use it often. Yeah. But these situations keep coming up 
Yeah. Whenever I, I, I've met people when I when, and I've looked at them and said, you're really a dumpster fire, aren't you right now? And they're like, absolutely. <laughs> I am a dumpster fire. Uh, I think a lot of people are and they're just not willing to admit it. <laughs> nothing to see here. Move along. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, just there's not a fire going. here now. We, yeah. No, you don't need to help. I'm yeah. good. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, well, we got it. You know, you're a dumpster fire. So I think, you. Need, no, no, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And that's what surrender can really put us in. It's, honestly, is in a place where everything that we know gets destroyed. That is a powerful statement. Everything that we know can go away. Mm-hmm. And there's this such a vulnerability with that and, and a fear of loss. But, you know, there's a lot of things in our life that need to go away. Oh, yeah. A, a lot of things. And if, if, you're, if you're grounded in the right faith, if you're grounded in the right morals, if you're just grounded in the right things, the good things will stay. Mm-hmm. Not everything's going to go away when you surrender. That's yeah. where a lot of people get confused. They think everything goes away when you surrender. The things that you love. And it's like, well, you know, not necessarily. I'm curious, what's a point in your life where you feel like you've had to just totally surrender? That is a great question. And I, I thought only about ask this. great questions on the show. You always, you always ask great questions. <laughs> and, you know, this is something that I thought about uh, kind of leading up to the show this morning was uh, you actually sent me a message prior to the show asking me a question, can surrender be forced? Yes, yeah. Well, you're bringing that you're bringing that one I'm, in early. I'm bringing it in early oh, and because okay. it's tied to answering your question. Okay. When when you ask about a moment for surrender to me and I feel like when when certain relationships end and it's outside of your control, mm-hmm. you do get forced into a place of surrender. So who's forcing the surrender now? Yeah. Who is it? Yeah. Well, that's a great question is Is that a person? Another that- person could force you into a place of surrender. Okay. So I think for me um and and I could force somebody into surrender. And I think relationships, we talked about on the mm-hmm, last show, mm-hmm. are our greatest teachers. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the ending of my marriage was the biggest moment of surrender for me that I I did not know that I really wanted yeah. um, to go to that path of surrender. I thought I did. Yeah. But when I got in it, I went, oh man. It, it was painful, This was it? beyond it painful. Yeah. I mean, really beyond painful. And surrendering all that I knew for 20 years I just thought it was just going to be well. I'm good. Like we, you know, we're yeah. just we're, we'll still be friends, right? But we just won't live together. I think there's a case. I think there is a case where you have multiple opportunities to s- surrender all the time. Oh, I, I think I, it's I feel moment like as, by moment. as a as a person, and I've said this several times in the show. I'm I'm very driven by my faith in God, and I think once we're born, we're, we're supposed to surrender as much as we can. And that if you are consistently faced with opportunities where you're supposed to surrender, but you don't. There is a reckoning coming. Oh, there is. I mean, you, you will, you will be forced into a surrender, and we can get really theological about this. The closer that you get to God, the more chances are that you will be forced into surrender because you've asked for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mentioned to you when we when we met to talk about the show how I'm really deep into Oswald Chambers right now. My utmost for his highest. Oh, it was incredible and, work. And, and, incredible. And uh, I'm trying to remember the word, and I just read it this morning. It's, it's um, the the redemption, right? Mm -hmm. The redemption that we have to go through. And once we make those decisions and once we go there, it's all on, man. It is all on. Uh, You're you're asking for it. You're asking for it. Well, you go through that threshold and you consciously think I'm going to surrender and I'm just going to some people. For me, I thought surrender was, I'm just gonna just change my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't And I'm still in control because I'm surrendering that this is no longer what I want. But the truth was, my my definition wasn't even the letting go. I really thought surrender was just doing something different 
Okay. I was just going to surrender to, well, I'm just going to do something different. Yeah. And what I learned in this whole letting go process was absolutely everything that I gave power to that made meaning for me was on an external. Mm -hmm. And the surrender process taught me that the only thing I should ever put any value on is on the internal. So that going back to what you started that part with is I thought it was just like a decision. Say, I'm going to surrender. And the more maybe obvious is, I'm just going to cut these things out of my life. To me, that's not surrender. No. That's just pruning, okay? Mm -hmm. Surrender is whenever you have to look internally and say, okay, well, now that those things are gone, what's what's next? Who am I going to become? Because the way we're designed is, if, if it's just a matter of pruning and cutting those things out, the next day you're going to, you're, you're going to be looking to replace it. Oh, if, if nothing, if nothing else is changing. So, um, today on today on today's show, we're talking about surrender. Why is it so hard for us to let go? Uh, we're getting ready to take a break, folks. Don't go anywhere. The Great People Show will be right back. Before the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people experience Dale Carnegie courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. For more information, visit DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. That's DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. Now back to The Great People Show. So on this whole surrender thing, I have this great quote. I have a few quotes that I found. Yeah, thanks for being here with us today. From Steve Miraboli. And I think I've quoted him on the show in the past. The name rings a bell. You must learn to let go, release the stress. You are never in control anyway. It's true. Never were. Never. Never were. Never. And we started the show by asking the question, what does surrender really mean? I found this this cool little equation. Some some people that are listeners to the show, they like the analytical part, the science behind things. So this is a little equation for those engineers listening. From a from a website called tinybuddha.com. I didn't look at the rest of the website. I have no idea what this website's about. It says surrender equals complete acceptance of what is plus faith that all is well, even without my input. Man, that's tough. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. Shocking. I have to put my reading glasses on so I can share this with you. So Uh-oh. there's there's a great book, and this is one of my favorite books. Have you ever heard of the Surrender Experiment? Nope. Yeah, Michael Singer. He wrote a book called The Untethered Soul. An okay. amazing book, and it's all about the the journey within, the spiritual growth and process of of just evolving into your best and highest self. Okay. And uh, his second book is called The Surrender Experiment. So he talked a little bit about surrender. What does that really mean? And I'd love to share something with you, JJ. Sure. And this is really interesting. So this is what he says in the book. He says, surrender, what an amazingly powerful word. It often engenders the thought of weakness and cowardice, which you just mentioned. Mm. In my case, it required all the strength I had to be brave enough to follow the invisible into the unknown. Wow. That's, that's really what we're talking that's about. That's what we're talking it? about. Exactly what we're talking about. And this is what I think, I use this almost moment by moment in my daily life. And he says, there are two things that you must do in order to be in surrender. The very first one is you let go of the personal reactions of like and dislike that form inside yeah. your mind and heart. Wow. Meaning the very first thing when we talk about surrender is 
our brain naturally wants to go, well, I don't know. Do I like this? Do right. I not like it? Think about it. Your brain it is a way. massive computer yeah. and it's constantly scanning the environment. Yeah. And so all these pre-patterned conditions, behaviors, learned, taught, all the things. Judgment. It, judgment. Judgment. It's judgment. Perfect word. It's all in your brain. Mm-hmm. So he says the first part for surrender is you have to let go of even asking yourself Consciously and subconsciously. Do I like or dislike this? Because it's going to drive your need and desire to want to control. So if we're if we're doing that though, then what? Yeah. Part two. Hear the second part. Yeah, I'll shut up now. Okay. Second, with the let's see, sense of clarity, you simply look to see what is being asked of you by the situation unfolding in front of you. Check this out, JJ. What would you be doing if you weren't being influenced by the reactions of like or dislike? Oh my gosh. Can we can we pause on that for a second? What so, would you be doing? What would you be doing? And you can add almost anything to the, the end of the sentence. What would you be doing right now if you didn't allow yourself to be influenced by the power of like and dislike, by people around you? And we've talked about this on the show before. Some of the people that are closest to us don't truly have our best interest in mind. They have their best interest in mind. It's human nature. They want you to be where they want you to be. And we start to live someone else's life. And talk about anti-surrender. I mean, you're now living someone else's life. Well, you get into this place, and we talked about this uh, last night, where you're either resisting or you're clinging. You're resisting the other person or you're clinging to the good feeling they gave Mm -hmm. you, but both are controlling you. Mm. And and so in closing- So, so where do we find the lack of clo- the lack of control there with that? That's, so I think it goes back to that whole question of how do I get to a place of not letting like and dislike influence me? So you're in complete and total neutrality. And, and I'll wrap up uh, what he says in this book, but he says, following that deeper guidance will take your life in a very different direction from where your preferences would have led you. God. That is the clearest I can explain a surrender, and it becomes the foundation of your spiritual and your worldly life. I'm going to be the realist, the realist that I am. I almost said realtor. I'm not a realtor. <laughs> I'm going to be the realist that I am. That sounds practically impossible. I mean that 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 is beyond. I'm a very optimistic realist. That's yeah. the political party in which I fall under. The yeah. the the uh, realistic optimist. I have never experienced anything close to that in my life. The other side of it is I've never actually tried. Yeah. Well, that was what I was going to say. So I can say five years ago, I was completely in control and coerced and manipulated and controlled my entire reality. Okay. Okay. And then when I made the choice to really step into that unknown and it all started to fall away, Yeah. the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful gift that I received from all of that was to learn to be so present in the moment that I am in, that mindful, and we've talked about mindfulness yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness is just being in this moment. And when you are so totally present in this moment, you actually do get the choice to ask yourself, can I choose a different way of showing up? That's mind-blowing to me. Just just trying to imagine what my life could be like if I were able to accomplish that is, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing to think about it. Liberating. It's also... Very confusing to me on how we get there. And, and, and that, that, that should be something that we explore on today's show is how in the world do we get there when we have designed our life to attach ourselves to so many things around us, our belongings, our cars, our houses, our families, and not saying that 
anything we're talking about here today means you need to get rid of your family because they're an interruption <laughs> to your surrender. I, I said at the top of the show that if you are driven by faith, you will you you won't lose the things that are of God and matter in your life. The positive things you, how, those how aren't going to go lose away them because they are in you. They, they are there. They are. We talked about this last night too. Remember the question mm-hmm. I asked you: What would happen if love didn't exist? Mm. Complete chaos and evil would take over. I mean, just think about that for a second. And it's in all of us. Yep. So it can't not exist because it's a part of who we are. So to answer your question about how do we get there, in the Western culture, we are raised with a different mindset. Yeah. And we're not taught this stuff. No, we're not. There's there's no, no course on this that says, let's let's teach you awareness and compassion and equanimity and present present moment decision-making. And I will go off to say that we are actually taught the complete opposite. Yes. Uh, there, there are so many books, so many classes, everything on how to make you the better you, that you are in control of changing everything in your life. And you should be doing, like, I just finished reading a book. I think it was called High Performance Habits. It's literally, it's like you, 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 you. Mm-hmm. And there are certainly opportunities in our in our life, in our world, where we need to kind of work on ourselves because there's things that are in our way. We've talked about so many of those on the show, but it isn't a selfish mission. And I think so much of it is designed, the books, all these things are designed to make us even more selfish. So we have even less opportunities to surrender because the the best us and we I use the word truest the truest version of ourselves is whenever we were are in least control of everything in our life but everything in uh, you use the word western world I don't know what the eastern world looks like so I'm just going to keep going with the western world and I keep thinking of that song western no that was western girl <laughs> I can't remember was that western girl it was, it was. Yeah. It was a Depeche Mode? Yeah, uh, I can't remember. I think it was Depeche Mode. Early. I don't I don't remember. Mark, if you know the answer, we'll take it. Yeah, um, I would love to know. I think it. it I think it was Depeche Mode, but it was not Western World, it was Western Girl. Girl. I think. And I'm not gonna sing. I, I've already tried to sing this morning. Someone posted on Facebook because we asked the question, why is it so hard to let go? They said, ask Elsa. So I was going to start singing the Let It Go song. And those of you that are listening right now and you start singing that song to yourself, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, <laughs> I didn't mean to incur that upon you for the rest of your day because you're not going to be able to get out of your head. Um, one of my favorite go-to websites for researching thing on the show is um, Psychology Today. Yeah. I love psychologytoday.com. Um it says in, in this one part that I found, surrender is not a strategy. It is the absence of strategies. So we can't really talk about surrender as something that we strategize around. Because isn't that control? Is, is it, doesn't that feed Just the control thing? Control. Um, it arrives when we know that we cannot think or see our, our way through where we are. So I also, I don't really like the fact that we have to wait to hit rock bottom for these things to be taken from our life to all of a sudden now, okay, I get it. I surrender. It's it's like, it's like war, right? I mean, if you know you've lost, if you're out of men, if you're out of ammunition, if you're out of everything, then you put your hands up and say, I give up because there's no way I have nothing left. Well, what happens in that moment though, JJ, the gift of it is you are forced to get out of your own way and out of your own head because you have no other options. Who's forcing us? Well, so, so here's the situation. 
And this is what I think is really interesting. I think that's why as humans, we learn from contrast, especially in the Western civilization. Because in the Eastern- So you're, you're see, using the word civilization so, so now. Western world civilization, <laughs> Western girl. Western girl. Is there a Western guy? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So here's the thing though. We, we get forced into having to rely on something greater than ourselves in order to solve- survive, mm -hmm. fix, mm -hmm. move forward, what have you. So there is this surrendering place that I think that the laws of nature sometimes force us into because we will not go there ourselves. We are terrified, but that's what builds resilience. That's what builds the ability to go, oh my gosh, I survived that. And life is always looking out for our best and highest good. Well, and I, here's well, here's a challenge that I would I would um, pitch to you. So this okay. book, this book that I was just talking about. So the, what this guy did was for a year, he said, "I am not going to do anything other than say yes to what life brings me." Holy moly! Meaning, meaning, if someone walked up to you after the radio show today and said, "Hey, would you like to?" Your answer is yes. yes. Wow. Hey, would you like to? And every answer he gave was yes. And he writes a book about how the trajectory of his life changed mm. after one year of surrendering to a force greater than himself, which we'll call universe, life, God. They're all the same in my opinion. So your, your perspective on that is someone walks up to me and we're going to have listeners right now that say, I'm already overwhelmed. One of my problems is I already say yes to too many things. I don't know how to say no. Maybe the challenge there is how much of this is stuff that you wanted to do exactly. and you sought like and out dislike. the like and dislike rather than you just waited for things to show up. You waited for people. Or you tried to force wow. it. Wow. This is a powerful concept because when we started the show almost a year ago, the whole purpose of the show was how do we become the truest version of ourself in the world in which we live for the people around us? And... Uh, a big barrier to that is controlling our surroundings and in this drive to be comfortable. And I said on Facebook, but someone commented, I said, I said, comfort is becoming the disease of our society, that we're revolving so much around comfort. So today we're talking about surrender. Come on back, folks. Now back to the Great People Show. So we we posed one of life's questions earlier. Is it Western girls? And we found the answer. It's actually West and Girls by yes. the Pet Shop Boys. Yet I yes. found it. Love that Mark, song. Mark, we we have it queued up. Let's get a little West West End Girls going on. Yes. There you go. I love it. This is our theme song on Surrender. It has absolutely nothing to do with the topic. But this is going to be our theme for the show on Surrender. He says Western Town. Western Girls. See, it is Western Girls. I'm it's pretty not West sure it's girls. West End, no, but we're Western. hearing Western. And if I am hearing Western Girls. Well, I'm hearing it too. We need a caller to come in and tell us what, yeah. what it really is. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. You know, Mark's, our, we, Mark's our producer if today. If we just relied on the music of the 80s, we would all be so much better We off. should surrender to the 80s music. I mean, it I grew really... Up on it. it. Me too. Yeah. I mean, it, it has such a poetry to it. It does. But no, we had to get into grunge rock. I know. Which I was okay with. 
And then I don't even know what kind of genre. Nirvana never talked about Western girls. No. So today we're talking about surrender. Apparently I need to surrender to the fact that I can't talk about 80s music for the rest of the show. Um, More from psychology today. Actually, no, I want to hear that. That that one. Let's talk about the sentence that you were talking. Yeah. Well, so this is kind of this thing. We were, so what we were talking about before the break was about what we're taught, and and really in Eastern cultures, I mean, you you look at like the monks. Did you know they get what's equivalent to like a PhD in learning love and compassion and equanimity? Whoa, you said that way too fast. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> so they're literally raised with an equivalent of a PhD. If we were to think about the years of study. Okay. okay? Oh. Okay. All right. In love. Compassion. How about this? Is my new favorite. This is my word for 2018. Equanimity. Uh, yeah. See, I. I'm you know sorry. what equanimity means? No. It just means basically <laughs> being completely and totally emotionally present and neutral, not reacting, you're, you're, not responding. You you're come just, on the show and raise the bar with us, Yetta. I, I mean, I feel like I I'm gonna have trouble doing a fraction of what you're suggesting on today's oh, show. I don't think any of us have a trouble with it. I think it's just we don't we weren't one we weren't taught two we don't know how we don't know how and. I'm not sure that many of us really want to. I mean, where's the where's the desire? Everything I finished reading for the first time ever, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon oh, Hill. Can you great. imagine? Can you believe it took me 43 years to get to this book? And in being in Dale Carnegie for 18 years, shame on me, yeah. right? But the the whole theme of the book is if you don't have desire, you'll have nothing. Well, and there's also beliefs built well, around around being rich. And what are those yeah. beliefs that you that you hold? So so back to what you were saying that we were just talking about choice. So here's, choice. here's something that uh, I think is really incredible. And actually my other book that I brought to gift you with today as a title yeah, for your library. new queue okay. is Marianne Williamson, A Return to Love. Okay. And that's that whole journey back to ourselves. But this is what she says in the book. And there's this beautiful quote. She says, our greatest fear, and most people may have heard this one, is not that we are deeply inadequate. It's that we are powerful beyond all measure. Yeah, true. Yeah. I agree. And so this force of surrender is actually, and so I made a few notes here, is about choice. Mm-hmm. Choice is the most powerful thing we have as humans, and it is why we are terrified of making choices because mm. we know once we make a choice, we change the trajectory of not only our lives, but others as well. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. It's decision-making 101. And we power beyond mm-hmm. all measure. Mm-hmm. When we operate from a place of choice that is for the best and highest good for everyone involved, but we get back into, well, do I like it? Do I not? I don't know. So like when you say, well, we hey, yeah, you want to be on the radio show? I'm I'm pulling from my surrender and yeah. I'm thinking, well, oh, gosh, I have to get up early. I don't know. <laughs> I've got a client. I don't know. And, and then all of a sudden the voice goes, yes. 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 Because the universe just brought me a gift. And if I didn't say yes to that, I may have missed something incredible out of that experience. I feel like it... I think we should all do this as an activity. I'm going to go back in my life as far back as I can and think about the greatest things I've ever been a part of, the path that led me here. And I would venture to say a vast majority of those were me being approached with something and simply saying yes. Just, and not even knowing what was going to come from it. No, just this Having morning. no clue. Facebook throws your, your memories up. And you get to decide if you want to kind of share them or just, oh my gosh, no, I don't want to be reminded of that. And I was reminded of a photo that went up. It was actually taken before Facebook was even around, but it was posted in 2009 of a mission trip that I went on to Armenia in 2004, if I remember correctly. It was summer of 2004. So it was 14, almost 14 years ago. I look like a 12-year-old in the picture, by the way. And how... Um, I, I essentially was asked to go on that, meaning the opportunity presented itself to it, within the church that I was in at the time, 
within the ministry I was in at the time by the people that I admired and respected that simply said, uh, I'm going on this and I'd like you all to join me. Yes. And it was fairly terrifying thought. You're going to a foreign, I'm not a foreign traveler. So here I am and you have to go through Moscow. And I mean, it was, and it was a life-changing event for me personally. And what I'm so glad to be able to say about it was, I know we changed lives while we were there. That, and that's, that's, that's what it means to be great in this world is to be able to be a part of something beyond yourself where you can change the course of other people's life as well. And life is designed so that all of our courses are changed along the way because of that. Because if we just continue to do what we want to do and decide that we're going to go do this and we're going to go do this, I don't think we can be very surprised that we end up in poor circumstances. Oh, yeah. Well, think about this. If you're in the middle of something and you're trying to make a decision, think about how limited and narrow your view is of the situation. Oh my gosh, yes. But if you were to take a step outside of it and become what I call an existential detective, meaning- You brought so many big words with you this on morning. on the outside looking at the whole picture, you see a totally different view. Yeah. So this is why I believe if we trust the, the powers of the universe and life, life knows what is in our best and highest good. We don't always know because we come from it with a very finite egoic- mm-hmm thought process. And on this thought of surrender is painful. I, this, this was a great quote. Surrender itself is easy. It's the path to surrender that's excruciating. Mm-hmm. So that's another big word I brought to the show. What do you I think about it. that? I love it. But what's amazing is that when surrender does arrive, it is accompanied by a great sense of ease and peace. It's not like the situation remarkably gets better or easier, but we feel better and more easeful when we know in our bones that we cannot fix or figure it out. Oddly, something deep within us relaxes when we acknowledge that we don't know how to do it. I've, I've been in those situations so many times where I'm wound up like a top, I'm stressed beyond all reality, I feel like I've lost control, and then when I finally just, just give up control, it's like... Wow, that feels good. It's almost like you're inebriated. Like yeah. you just drank three or four beers and you're just drunk. And you're like, oh, this is great, yeah. man. I feel awesome. Because you just totally were able to like, not that I know what it feels like to be that drunk. I mean, I JJ. used to, but maybe a few years ago. Okay. Like one would make me drunk now, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but that, that peacefulness with it, like why wouldn't, why are we running so far into excruciating pain by trying to control things in our life? When we know if we just let go of these things, we will have peace. I don't get it. Well, so go back to what I said about mindfulness and being in the present moment. And we talked about this a little bit on the last show about how the brain works. You have the subconscious mind and the conscious Mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. The subconscious mind is always in this present moment. It cannot not do anything other than run all your bodily functions and do all the things that are happening in the background. Thank God we don't have to consciously make all those happen. Something else is that life yeah. force is yep. is controlling that. Well, then your conscious mind is really cool because you know what it can do? It's not time-bound. It can think about yesterday, 10 years ago, 2014 mm-hmm. mission trip. It can worry about six months from now, six hours from now. Mm-hmm. And so it does this. It goes back and forth, back and forth. So while we've been sitting here, I'm sure you've been thinking of things not about this show. You might be drifting no, off. No, I'm in or, the moment. No, I, I, no I, I love to hear that I'm you peaceful. are. Okay, so see, yeah. that's so this is what I want to point out. That is all we're talking about. To surrender, that feeling of being inebriated means your conscious mind and subconscious mind are completely aligned. And when they align, 
everything in you opens up to something I've met people that got inebriated and their conscious mind just went out the door. That's true too. (laughs) And we talk about this from a surrender point of view. What's happening is your brain is coming into alignment and you're being completely and totally present. And that's where all freedom lies because all things are created in the unknown. Our our conscious mind wants to go back and forth and use the past or the future to try to figure out what's going to happen. Let's talk for... um, a moment when when we come back from break, we'll talk more about this. Of what are all the situations that that you and I feel like right now people should look at themselves to to really evaluate whether they should surrender to. So don't go away, don't go away, folks. Come on back. You're listening to the Great People Show. The Great People Show. We'll be right back. Before the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people experience Dale Carnegie courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. For more information, visit DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. That's DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. Now back to The Great People Show. So we're talking about surrender. And for the remainder of our show today, we're going to talk about what to surrender and how to surrender. I think we've definitely talked enough about why we should surrender, but what what and where and how. So let's talk about the what. I, I know one thing that, and I want to talk about it personally. I, I know one thing that I need to surrender is my future. Uh, we started doing the radio show a year ago. I'm a Dale Carnegie franchisee for 18 years, and I want to do it all. I want to be I want to be out there for everybody, but I physically can't do everything. So I need to surrender to the fact that I can't control my future. That my future will be handed to me because I've handed it to a much bigger hand than than mine. I would completely. So agree. that's my that's my kind of surrender goal for 2018. What's an area that you would want to surrender more to? For me, for for this journey, definitely living a life of integrity. Okay, why that? And uh, I just feel like we've lost the art of what is really and truly sacred as humans. Mm. And I feel like what's the most sacred thing we can do is to live in truth. And I feel like we, as a society, don't communicate the truth to ourselves and to others. And so I, I love this. You know, I've been in the health and wellness industry all my entire career. And uh, there's this great quote that I read one day and it just spoke to me and it said, liars do not heal. Mm. The truth has healing capacity in our thoughts, in our own mental narrative and in what we say and do to others. So imagine if we just walked around and lived a life of integrity where everything we did, said, behaved, acted upon, shared was all based upon a a universal truth. Mm -hmm. I have another quote for you on that. Never get an argument with a liar. Do you know why? They have unlimited ammunition. Yeah. Unlimited ammunition. It's exhausting. So other areas in in our in my practice, whether it be uh, I, I was with a group of people yesterday in downtown Richmond. We we do a lot of workshops, and uh, these workshops are centered around being a better leader per se. Mm-hmm. Which at the end of the day is is partly being a better person, but really at the end of the at, at the very end of the day, it's about how are we more effective for the people around us, and. The surrender that I see on that is the ego. We talked about that a lot last week, is to get over yourself, is quit trying to feel like you have all the answers that you have, that you do have control. You don't. You really don't have control. In fact, you're going to squ- squ- 
squeeze people out of your life and, and squeeze the greatest things out of your life if you continue to try to control it. I, I, I hear- And that's pr- the ego's role, you know, is to control. Right. And to trick you into thinking you have to have control here, right. KJ. right. And I don't have control. I, when I, I got married and had kids, I realized quick, I have no control. <laughs> I'm an eighth class citizen now. And you mentioned integrity in that, in that, in that group, we had a kind of a deck of cards and each, each card had a, a different value on it. And they had to lay these out. There was about 30 of them and they could add some of their own if they wanted to. And the first step in the process is take these 30 kind of generic values and narrow it down to 10. And it was very difficult for them. When, when we got into the next phases of it, it became very easy for them to go from 10 to three and three to one. And the the number one value was family. And I wish I could re- just reshare some of the stories that they had about family, but number two was integrity. And what was interesting, some of them couldn't express exactly why integrity was their number one core value. It was really interesting why, it, like they just knew in their mind and their heart, it was the right way to be. And, and you put you, this, that was on your list of living, what was it? Living in a te- life of integrity? Yeah. So these are, these are the things like for me, each year I kind of set out to think about surrender. It's been a focus of mine for a couple of years now. Each year I ask myself, what are the areas that I want to work on? Where, mm. where is it the most difficult for me to surrender my will, okay. my ego, my, my desires? And so for me it was, you know, living that life of integrity. The other one was um, deciding to pass on wisdom, not suffering. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because it goes back to the like and dislike. Well, mm-hmm. if, I, if I don't like something, I could potentially be passing on suffering, not wisdom. And then I think the decision to take risks, surrender is really big in, in saying, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to take a leap of faith here and trust. It's all going to work out. And a big part of that risk, to your point earlier, where if somebody comes to you and asks you to do something, you just say yes. A, a risk is, is that whole like-dislike thing. You may be thinking to yourself, I don't want to do this. I don't even like doing this. Yeah. But you're saying if someone comes to you with this opportunity, but how do we filter that? I mean, well, we, I think I was just thinking while you said that, like if someone said, hey, yeah, let's go bungee jump off a bridge, I would say, well, you know what? I'm going to go no on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Simply because I just don't feel like that's safe. But when we're talking about just basic life in general mm-hmm. and, 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 and allowing the universe to connect the dots and think back, and I hope our listeners are thinking about this, how many times in life you got one little piece given to you, which opened another door, which opened another, which opened another. And I hear this from leaders all the time yeah. in my coaching. They say, oh my gosh, I, I now look back over my life and I see how this all played out. But when we're in it, part of surrender is learning to just trust mm-hmm. that what's supposed to be will be and what's not. Thank goodness. It makes me think of that country song, Unanswered Prayers. Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. Oh gosh, <laughs> now, Mark, now Mark's gonna have to go find another song to play. But I, but you know I'm what gonna, I mean? I'm putting a stake in the ground. We are not playing country music. I am absolutely- I feel like we should find the song. I just but you know it is, it's about like all music. of the things you want <laughs> to have. <laughs> yeah. And then thank God for Unanswered Prayers because sometimes that's not what's in the best and highest good for everyone involved. No, it's not. I found a couple more quotes that I want to shoot off before the end of the show here. The greatness of a man's power is the measure of his surrender by William Booth. You said that earlier, the greatness of a man's power and how powerful we are. Don't know the guy. Uh, Vince Lombardi, which starts to feed a little bit into why it's hard for us to let go. says He said, the harder you work, the harder it is to surrender. Now, I I would bet from a football perspective, you you don't give up, you know, right? You, You don't give up in football. You keep, we saw that with the Eagles. Gosh, I wanted to have a whole show on how the the Philadelphia Eagles is an example of living 
into our greatness because other than Philly fans, no one really gave them a a chance. Mm -hmm. I put out on Facebook that they would be in the Super Bowl. I did, I did think they'd get beat by the Steelers before the playoffs started. I was, I was half right and half wrong. They did make it. And everyone laughed at me, especially my friend CJ at the CJ sweat show, which he does sports analysis. That's a perfect act of surrender. They showed up. They just kept showing up and the next piece and the next piece and the next piece. So they weren't attached to the outcome and living at the day of the Super Bowl when right. they were in the playoffs. They were in the moment of the playoffs doing what needed to be done, surrendering to that moment. And here's what's cool, JJ. If you make this moment great, guess what happens to the next one? It's going to be great too. So part of it is just getting started. Just this, being- this picked up a lot of deep answers on on Facebook. And I uh, I noticed Jason Webb right now is is watching us on Facebook Live and he had a great comment. In some cases, we invest and work so hard to attain them whether it be relationships or material things, that letting go can mean wasted effort. Like we just keep holding on to things and we don't surrender because we feel like, well, I've earned all, you know, I've, I've already worked, worked so, so hard. hard. Uh, yeah, but man, it's, and, and I and I totally get that. That is one of the hardest things to let go of because we're like, well, we're not sure, you know, just one more inch, one more, one more mile, one more minute, one more hour. And um, what is that saying? It's the dawn is, excuse the it's darkest, before the dawn. Oh, I screwed that up. <laughs> right before the dawn. The darkest hour is is right before the dawn. Oh gosh, I'm just going to stop on that one. And I love what Kyle McMahon said. Most of us learn and embrace attachment at a very early age. We are not taught to let go. Others experience trauma often causing them to dis, uh, distrust or overtrust and not let go. I love this trust and not trust. So as, as, as we as we look forward to why surrendering and or how to surrender and what we should surrender, a big part of it is, is trusting. And I, it, this isn't as much to me about trusting other people as it is just trusting ourselves. We don't trust ourselves to make good decisions. Again, we, we, we aren't taught. It's not something that all that, that is like, it's not part of your family creed to say, okay, JJ, now you've turned four. So let's talk about, we need to teach you how to trust yourself. We don't get into a conscious effort around that. So you, you said a really important word here around attachment. When we are infants, we are we actually go through an attachment process mm-hmm. to learn a how to create a safe haven, a secure base, which turns into a working family model and system that we carry out into the world. So some of us get it and some mm-hmm. of us don't. And so attachment can actually be something that we need to relearn. Angela Atkinson said this on Facebook, nails what you just said. We instill emotion into our possessions. We, oh, we yes. put emotion into it. They become markers. I like this word. They become markers validating our experiences and serve as remembrances of our success. But I'll also add something to that. It also serves as remembrances to our failures. Mm-hmm. And in a really weird way, we're attracted to those markers. So as, again, as we look at how how do we surrender is to not allow ourselves any longer to be attached to these markers, whether they be from success or failures. And you probably know what those things are. You know why you're keeping those things and those people around is because they just serve as remembrance to something. And how do we move forward if we can't let go of the past? How do we do it? Question. And is- and while we are while we are forgiven by God, we are not often forgiven by other people in our life. I and mean, it's very difficult for us forgiven to forgive. by ourselves? No, and we're not forgiving people. We keep people. ourselves stuck. And I've got yeah. news for you. I'm pretty sure God's going, um, hello, yep. like forgave you about that yep. 10, 15 years ago. We, we Why are you still holding on that. to it? 
Yeah. Yes. It's the meaning we apply to it, the meaning that we give to it. And it keeps us stuck. And we go back to those limiting beliefs and behaviors. We keep people, places, and things around to remind us. Remember what I said? The, the quote was, "It's our greatest fear isn't that we're deeply inadequate. Yeah. It's, we're, it's that we're powerful beyond all measure. What if we self-actualize that power? Holy cow. Yep. And Chris Lazuri on Facebook said this, reminds me of the micromanaging segment, afraid to surrender the wrong thing or at the wrong time. And he said the key word there, fear. Like, what if, what if I, what, what if, what if? And I, I don't suggest we get erratic in our decision-making and and say yes to everything or bail on things as soon as it doesn't look right. But if we try to put too much of us into too much of everything in our life, it it's going to, inevitably fail. That's us putting our will onto something when it's really not our place to put our will onto anyone or anything. It's allowing them to have their own free will while we have our own free will. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, great. That's a hard, hard place. That's why I go back to like relationships. When someone comes in and says, hey, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. We react, we get upset, we get angry. If if we don't want it to end, Mm -hmm. We don't come at it with a different thought process of, you know what, your happiness is just as important to me as mine. And if that's what you need to do, let me help you pack your bags so you can go. I'm going to close out today's show with one of my favorite quotes, and it just happens to come from the Bible. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of the most quoted scriptures in the Bible is if you are stuck, if you are in a feeling, in a mode of helplessness, and you are out of people to surrender to, things to surrender to, and you don't know where to go, you've already been given an opportunity to surrender to God. That's already, you were born into greatness. That is the ultimate guiding light in our life. And, and, I, and, I, and I challenge you just to, if you're unsure about these things, just ask just speak and say, where do I go next? What do I do next? And and let go of these things that you've been trying to just hold on to so much in your life because you will not be able to fulfill your mission on earth if you keep putting all these chains on yourself. And, and these chains were, 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 were put on by ourselves. Nobody put these on you. Yeah. You, you put them on, on yourself. It reminds me of, you know, the story about the monkey? How they catch monkeys. I know lots of they stories about monkeys. They cut the hole monkeys. in the coconut and he puts his hand in. That's another song. And hole in a coconut, right? <laughs> hole in a coconut. It's true though. And the monkey puts Chum. his hand in to grab to the honey. And so what happens is he, when he clenches his fist, he can't get his hand out of the coconut. So they come and they capture him. All he had to do was let go and he'd be free. Wow. It's very, very old. So do it like Elsa in, says, in let go, let it yeah. go, let, let it, it go. Yeah. You know, thanks so much for being on the show again with us here. You, JJ. And, um, we we love we love just having you on the show, our listeners, to be a part of this this mission called Life. You can catch us on Apple Podcast if you happen to miss a show. We're live on the radio, ninety seven seven FM in Richmond, and Facebook.com slash Great People Show every Thursday morning from nine to ten a.m. Eastern Time. And um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call out one more time. If you are stuck, if you are stranded, if you feel like you've just I don't know. You've hit the end. You've hit the end. Just let go. See you next week, folks. I love it. Rock on. Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week, Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m.